Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. A couple had two little boys, age 8 and 10, who were excessively mischievous. They were always getting into trouble, and their parents knew that if any mischief occurred in their town, their sons were probably involved. Well, the boy's mother heard that a preacher in town had been successful in disciplining children, and so she asked if he would speak to her boys. The preacher agreed, but asked to see them individually. And so the mother sent her eight-year-old first in the morning with the older boy to see the preacher in the afternoon. The preacher was a big man with a booming voice. He sat the young boy down and asked him sternly, where is God? Well, the boy's mouth dropped open and he made no response, sitting there with his mouth hanging open, wide-eyed. And so the preacher repeated the question in even a sterner voice, where is God? Again, the boy made no attempt to answer, and so the preacher raised his voice even more and shook his finger in the boy's face and bellowed, Where is God? Well, the boy screamed and bolted from the room and ran directly home and dove into his closet, slamming the door behind him. When his older brother found him in the closet, he asked, What happened? The younger boy, brother, gasping for breath, replied, Man, we are in big trouble this time, dude. God is missing, and they think we did it. (laughs) (laughs) copies after service, copies after service. Oh, man. Second Peter, take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, get your pen, get your pad. Luke chapter 12, I got to move quick. Luke chapter 12, I want to tell you about a verse. Uh, You might want to get, write this down, look it up in your own time. We're going to be studying from from Luke chapter 12. But in second Peter, listen close, in chapter one, verse seven. It says that God, and perhaps many of you are familiar with this verse, it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what, saints? Power and what? Love and what? A sound mind. Very interesting. A few weeks ago, I was doing some research, and researchers, get this, at John Hopkins University reported that 30 years ago, the greatest fears of grade school children, 30 years ago, the greatest fears of grade school children were animals, being in a dark room, high places, strangers, and loud noises. Today, interesting enough, children are afraid of, number one, divorce. Number two, nuclear war. Number three, cancer. Number four, terrorism. And number five, children are being afraid of being shot to death. Isn't that interesting? 
I've titled this sermon, Hypocritical Religion Versus Honest Relationship. In Luke chapter 12, we'll actually begin teaching in verse 8, but since it's been a couple of three weeks now since we've been in Luke, I thought we might back up, read verses 1 through 12, and then I will have some comments for verses 8 through 12. If you missed verses 1 through 7, you could probably stop by the bookstore, and I'm sure that there is a CD copy available for you to pick up for verses 1 through 7. But just so we can get context and understand it, let's read Luke chapter 12. We'll begin in verse 1. Saints, if you're looking at verse 1, please say amen. Some of y'all ain't looking. In verse 1 of chapter 12 of Luke, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. That's better. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he, Jesus, began to say to his disciples, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is what, saints? For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be made known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say to you, my friends, I love that, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that they have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should be fearful. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear or have a phobia of him. Are not five sparrows sold for two coppers of coin? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. And also in verse 8, I say to you, Jesus goes on to say, Whosoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And anyone in verse 10, this is an important verse, I want you to remember it. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes the Holy Spirit, did you get this? It will, what? Not be forgiven him. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, don't worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Last time, as we just read, Jesus was telling us to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And then in verse 4, Jesus said, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Verse 5, but fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Verse 6, don't fear that you are worthless to God because God cares about a little sparrow. How much more does he care about you? 
And if, if God provides for the smallest of his creations, then how much more will he provide for the greatest of creations? And now Jesus tells them, don't have a fear or don't have a phobia to acknowledge their faith publicly. Go ahead and look at verse 8 in your Bibles again. Jesus says, I say to you, whosoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man will confess before the angels of God. Imagine that. Imagine when you're in heaven, getting to heaven, and God is going to introduce you to the angels. Angels, Tony. Tony, angels. Angels, Shaniqua. Shaniqua. Angels, angels, holy right Reverend Rodney, (laughs) holy right Reverend Rodney, angels, let the church say amen. Some of y'all like, (laughs) God is going to introduce you before the angels, and conversely, the one who denies God before men, God is not going to introduce you. Now, some people, listen, have taken this verse and thought that we ought to have altar calls because this is the way for people to publicly confess Christ. Don't misunderstand me. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I've got no problems with altar calls. As a matter of fact, I have them from time to time, and we had one last week. There's no problem with altar calls, but I don't think that this is kind of the core of this verse. I don't think that Jesus is saying, with this verse, you ought to have altar calls if you confess him. And the reason why I think that, because listen, confessing Christ, and perhaps you might want to write this down, confessing Christ before men is not, I repeat, a not a one-time thing. Confessing Christ is not a one-time thing. It begins when you come to Christ, but should be something that's continual. Our lives should be a confession of our relationship with Jesus. And that's what Jesus was saying in the previous verses. Don't live as a hypocrite. So we should live our lives acknowledging and confessing Jesus. Jesus says, if you live your life acknowledging Jesus, he will acknowledge you before the angels of God. And on the flip side, if you deny him, then he will deny you. Now, one commentator made an interesting insight. I'd like to read it to you. He said, It is possible to deny Christ in many ways that are short of verbally and publicly denying. It is possible to deny Christ before men by silence, by failing to witness for him. It's possible to deny Christ by trying to be an unnoticed Christian before family, friend, and neighbors so they don't suspect you're a believer. It's also possible to deny Christ by living like the rest of the world lives. It is possible to deny Christ by words using profanity, vulgarity, and blasphemy. There's many ways in which you can deny Christ. We have to be careful that our witness and the life that we live, are you listening? And the life that we live isn't a life that denies Christ. 
No, we won't say, I don't believe in Christ. No, there is no Christ. No, no none of us would actually say that. But do you live a life that, 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 that confesses Christ? Does your Facebook account confess Christ? Let the church say amen. Many of y'all know I, I have a Facebook page. I have, have a personal page. And I have a fan page. And uh, so I'm on Facebook quite a bit. So I've, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm checking y'all out. The Lord's given me that ministry to make sure y'all doing right on Facebook. And you go through the profiles. How many times are you going through somebody's profile and, you know, tell your political position and what books you like and what movies you like and all that? And then the religious affiliation or something like that, and then you put Christian there. Okay, no problem. But then you go through your pictures, <laughs> say out your amen. <laughs> go through your pictures, and it's like, what? What? I mean, I have gone through, honestly, and I'm one, one, one pastor even asked me, he goes, why are you even bother with Facebook? I mean, there's so much junk on Facebook. I go, you know what? I actually stay on Facebook because it gives me the ability to cyber pastor. <laughs> I can cyber pastor because some of y'all know. I'm not going to ask you to stand up, but you know who you are. You put something on there that's inappropriate, and I will hit you back. And I'm like, uh, that's not appropriate. Christian, I did that just the other day. God is my living witness. I did that the other day. This guy, I, he, if they were talking about something, and, and he, uh, he replied with, oh, just awful, awful, awful language. And, and it was like, you know, now in the Facebook world and the text messaging world, there's like initials for everything. Somebody needs to write a book. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you become an entrepreneur. <laughs> write a book on all the language and what it all means because I didn't know. So I, I read this one thing and it said, I am a O-F. And I, I said, I'm looking at them going, what in the world? So I asked my daughter, I said, what's this? What is I am a O-F? She said, dad, you don't want to know. I said, yeah, I do want to know. She goes, you don't want to know. I said, yes, I do. And when she told me, I went, oh, my goodness, you can't. What is this? People are using all kinds of language. So this guy, he put something on the Facebook, uh, put a picture, and then somebody commented, and then he commented with some really bad language. I mean, awful, awful, awful language. I hit him back. I went, that's not appropriate. I'm sorry, that's not appropriate. And then he sends me back an email, I mean, a hit right, right after. He goes, Sawi Pastor. And he, he spelled it S-O-W-I-E, Sawi Pastor. And I send him back, that's okay. <laughs> but, I, you know, you got to be careful about your Facebook. And, and look, and anybody, honestly, listen, I, 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 don't, I don't agree with it. Facebook, don't let what something that can be used for the glory of God, don't let it be used as a tool in the hand of the devil. Anybody agree with that or am I just talking to myself? 
Don't, don't do that. I think the internet can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. And if people are putting bad stuff on your site or, they, or, or in your pictures or they're making bad comments, you need to hold them accountable, especially if they say they're Christian. Thank you, sister. Because that's the truth. And I don't know, is it just me, but I am like up to here with people saying they are Christian, but they don't act like it. And they go where they want to go, do what they want to do, say what they want to say, act the way they want to act. They get divorces, then they leave their husbands, then they cheat around, and then they're talking about their Christian. Excuse me, if you're a Christian, you are a follower of Jesus and you do what he tells you to do. And that's the bottom line. I know what I'm saying is not PC. Don't misunderstand me. I ain't trying to influence friends and win people or whatever it is. But it's true. And I'm tired of people saying, I'm a Christian. If you love God, then you'll keep his commandments. That's what he said, not what Rodney said. And you do what God has told you to do. And, and you confess him in every area and every aspect of your life. We should never deny Christ. And perhaps somebody will agree with this. We should never deny Christ in word or deed. Anybody agree with that? Never. Let me read you. I love this story. Let me read you a moving story about Pastor Polycarp who was the pastor of the Calvary Chapel in Smyrna in 161 AD. How you know they wasn't the Calvary Chapel? You weren't there. I made that up. Anyways, listen to this. This church tradition has it that he was murdered under the reign of Marcus Aurelius. Here's the story. The crowds at Smyrna were at the public games, and they began to chant, away with the atheists, let Polycarp be searched for. Christians in those days were known as atheists because they refused to worship Caesar. The night before tradition tells us Polycarp had a dream in which he saw himself on a burning pillow. He went to the people in his church and he told them that God had revealed to him that he must be burned alive for his faith. Well, the next day, as the Romans came to arrest Polycarp, he had a meal provided for them and told his disciples that they were to serve the men who had taken him to his death. Tradition again states that as he entered the arena, a voice came from heaven and said, Be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. In the arena, the magistrates gave him a choice, either curse the name of Christ and sacrifice to Caesar or be put to death. His response? Eighty-six years have I served him, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme the king who saved me? Again, the magistrates threatened him and said, unless he cursed the name of Christ and sacrificed to Caesar, he will be burned at the stake. His response, you threaten me with the fire that burns for a time and is quickly quenched, but not as hot as the fire that you shall experience in judgment to come and in everlasting punishment. Why are you waiting? He said. Come do what you will. Well, the townspeople bought burning embers to set Polycarp on fire. The Jews were so antagonistic that even though it was a Sabbath day, they carried the wood to the arena to fuel the fire to burn Polycarp. As they were getting ready to bind him to the stake, he told them, Leave me as I am, 
For he who gives me power to endure the fire will grant me to remain in the flames unmoved. And even without the security, you will give by the ropes. They did not bind him. As the fire was kindled, Polycarp prayed. I thank you, Lord, that you have graciously thought me worthy of this day and of this hour, and that I might receive a portion in the number of martyrs in the cup of your Christ. And after he prayed, he gave thanks to God, and they set the wood ablaze. A great wall of flames shot up to the sky, but it never touched Polycarp. God has set a hedge of protection between him and the fire. Seeing that he would not burn, the executioner, in a furious rage, stabbed the old man with a long spear. Immediately, streams of blood gushed from his body and seemed to extinguish the fire. When this happened, witnesses say they saw a dove flying up from the smoke in heaven. And at that very moment, a church leader in Rome named Irenaeus said he heard God say to him, Polycarp is dead. God called his servant home. And many people gave their lives to Christ because of the faithful testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. True story. Isn't that awesome? True story. And can I tell you something? I don't know. Have you ever heard this before? Have you ever considered it? I have. I believe it is an honor to be a Christian man. It's an honor to be a Christian. You can clap better than that, can't you? It's an honor to be a Christian man, and it is an honor to be called a Christian woman. And when you are called a Christian, listen, people expect you to act like one. Fellas, listen, the girls are expecting you to respect them and not go out and get drunk and try to get sex from them. If you call yourself a Christian, girls are not expecting you to do that. And ladies, let me tell you something. If you call yourself a Christian, the guys are expecting you to be a Christian and not to be easy. And any guy, listen, or any girl nowadays, any guy or any girl that's trying to get you to have sex with them before they put a ring on it. So y'all ain't think Pastor knew, did you? Uh uh oh, uh uh. Y'all ain't not got like that. Y'all not. I'm down. If he ain't willing to put a ring on it, no. Because you are a Christian godly woman. Clap better than that. Clap better than that. Clap better than that. And it's like, look, you just, you know, you got to hold it down for Jesus and you got to wait for Jesus. God, look, you're special to God. Remember, we just read it, that, that, that God will provide for sparrows, the smallest of cre- his creations. God will provide a man for you, but here's the problem, or a woman for you. But here's the problem. If God were to bring them to you today, you're not ready for them. Amen. Things that make you go, hmm. If God were to bring it a day, you wouldn't be ready for it. Why? Because spiritually, you got to get yourself ready. You got work to do on you. You don't need to be 
worrying about if God bring you a man or if he doesn't. Let me tell you something. You need to fall in love with the man Jesus first. You need to fall in love with Jesus first. And when you fall in love with Jesus, let me tell you something. If God wants you to have a man or a woman, he knows how to make one from dirt. It wouldn't be his first time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It wouldn't be his first time. He can do it again. But you got to be waiting on him. And you got to hold down that Christian witness. I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something. Ladies, let me tell you something from a guy's standpoint. Okay. I ain't going to tell y'all. No. <laughs> guys want a girl who's, who's a godly woman anyway. It's a bunch of other... A man who is ready to settle down is looking for a woman, number one, who loves Jesus. I told my wife, sweetheart, you can love another man. It ain't no problem as long as his name is Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.